So glad to see all of you this morning, and welcome to all of those that are online. Thank you for spending your morning with us here at the Vineyard. As usual, my name is George Ling. I'm one of the elders here, and I am so thankful to get the opportunity to share once again. So, as you all know, we've been on a journey together with a good portion of our Vineyard brothers and sisters in a series called Empowered. We've been learning about the work of the Spirit, getting uh, more used to the idea that there's something bigger and better operating in our midst. And this is going to take us all up through Pentecost. And my, my hope is that as we've been going through this series that we've been able to kind of reset a little bit because I know that in our group, not everyone has been from the vineyard their whole Christian walk. You know, we have a lot of people that are coming from different backgrounds. And the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is that there's a lot of different beliefs out there about him. And, and some churches, you know, have their own little pocket of what they believe about it. So our hope here is that through this series that you are able to kind of set some of that stuff aside and just hear what we uh, see the Bible say uh, as a collective vineyard and how we believe these things operate. Uh, for instance, there's a whole group that believes that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not for today. Well, we don't believe that here. And so we teach and believe that God is a giver of good gifts and that we receive those good gifts in order to use them. And so he's re really faithful about doing that. So we believe that here and we find it in Scripture. So I hope today that we have the opportunity, as I, as I teach on the gifts of the Spirit, to go through uh, the Scriptures and to go through the gifts and to really see the value and the validity of them in the here and now. Right? There's, there, I, I, didn't, I didn't research this, but I know there's a Scripture that talks about um, when perfection comes then the gifts will fade away. Well, perfection hasn't come yet. Jesus came, but he left. Jesus is coming back to establish the fullness of his kingdom, which then equals perfection, right? All things will be perfected then. The earth will be made new. We will have new bodies, and we will reign in eternity. Well, that sounds like the perfection that's coming. But in, so until then, in my mind, as I read the scripture, it feels like the gifts are valid to that point. Have we reached that point yet? No, no. So those gifts are given so that we can walk out this life. So that's that's important thing to, to really consider, that the gifts of the Spirit are given so that we can walk forward in life and in closeness with God. And, and it's just, just an amazing thing. So who here likes gifts? I love gifts, so I hope you're going to love gifts, too, because God is ready to really just pour them out. I just want to thank Relisa. I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little. I want to thank Relisa for her teaching on, on the prophetic. It was incredible. So if you, have not, if you have not caught these teachings, please go online to our, um, to our website or to our Facebook site and really give these a listen. All of them have been so good and pastor beth is doing much better and she really hopes to be with us next weekend to to give the message next weekend so 
Let's do something real quick. Just popped in my head, but let's pray that that happens because she is so ready. She is so ready. I mean, I can't imagine all these weeks with just Paul in the house. <laughs> oh, so that woman needs a real touch of grace. So let's just pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for our pastor. We thank you, Father, for the continued healing that you're doing in her body. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that she just has this angst in her body to just get back to the work, Father. So we pray that you would extend your love, grace, and mercy to her and offer that up through extended healing and, and, and a quickening of healing for her, Father God, so that she can get back to this thing that she absolutely loves. So, Lord, we just collectively ask as a group that you would honor her, Lord, with this prayer of healing, Father God, and that you would bring her back next week to teach with all the energy and all the, the things in her body taken care of so that, that she can come back to glorify you, Father. So we, we thank you for her. In your name we pray. So this is, this is really fun because God is so good. So I love to talk about God because he's so good. And he's such a great and loving father. And again, we love gifts and he loves giving them. So this is a great, this is going to be a great message, I hope. I just hope it is. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, we see this, where Paul urges us to follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the spirit. Eagerly desire. So do you eagerly desire them this morning? Are you sure? I don't know. It sounds a little flat out there. But we really need to have this space where we desire them. We want them. We want to receive them. So this is, this is really key if you've not been in a, in a space that has talked about the gifts of the Spirit or have been in a place where you have seen them valued and, and, and put in a way that's balanced. This is real key. We want to be eager and expectant of these gifts because they're from the heart of a really, really good father. James 1.17 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift. So these gifts are good, and they're perfect for us because they allow us to walk out this life in a way that, that brings us closer to our God and to the Spirit. Gifts are given to serve two purposes. To glorify God and to encourage and build up the body of Christ. Now, who likes to be encouraged? <laughs> wow, you guys need, need a little more sleep or something. Who, wants to, who likes to be encouraged? Hallelujah. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Who likes to be built up? Yeah. Now, that's more like it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so we, we all like to be encouraged. We all like to be built up. But, but we also love to glorify God, don't we? Because as, as God pours love into our heart, as he pours these gifts into our being, as we exercise these things and we exercise love for one another, he gets glorified. He gets glorified. People are able through all these things to see these people are different and there's something above their regular life that's doing this. And they start to see glimpses of God. So spiritual gifts in the meetings that, that were happening in Paul's time 
they were different than the meetings that are that are happening in churches today. The, the, the meetings were taking place in homes. And so it was about 20 to 30 people coming into a, into a host's home. And so it was a little bit different uh, in that time period than what we have, have now because churches are bigger and, and it's, it's collectively larger and it's more organized. But in that day, the scripture says that people came together and they came each bringing something, right? They would come with a song. They would come with a prayer or something stirring in their heart or a, or a testimony of what God had done. Or, or maybe they'd come with a prophetic word that, that they had for someone. Everyone brought something to the table in these groups. And this is the type of thing that we do in our small groups and in our home groups. And we, we try to make some space here in, in, the, in the larger church. But there's, there's a schedule of stuff that we try to keep. But certainly they are open to happen here but it's a little more organized because we have people to bring the music for us. Uh, we have someone that brings a message, and, and sometimes there's words that happen out there in and, in and amongst you. So it's a little bit more organized, but we also make space for it to happen organically because this is who we are. We recognize that everyone sitting in these seats right here in front of me has a gift that God has poured into. And so we want you to be able to practice and use those gifts the Lord has given because they're special and they're unique to you, right? So small groups tend to be the place where you can kind of hone that, that gift and use it and practice it in a place of safety because you're known. You're known. People know your heart. They understand where you're coming from. And if you kind of stumble a little bit with something, it's okay because love is shared there, right? But it's a great space to practice the gifts that God has poured into you. So if you're not in a small group or involved with a, a, a smaller group of people where you can do that, I would encourage you to, to do it because it's the space that's free to operate as God intended you to operate. And then as we see more people operating in their gifts and honing their gifts, we'll see more of that kind of happen here in the service, which is what we want. We desire for God to move in power here and for people to have that comfort level because we love one another to be able to use the gifts that God has given you. So every person in a gathering can bring a tongue, can bring an interpretation, can bring a prophecy, can bring a teaching, can minister. Everyone can do this. Paul says everyone has something that they can contribute. What does that sound like? Everyone has something they contribute. We've turned into everyone gets to play, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone gets to play. Everyone has a part. Everyone has a space. In 1 Peter 4.10 through 11, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. That's awesome. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be what? Glorified, because we're all about glorifying God. He's glorified through Jesus Christ, and to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So the beauty of these gifts is that they're both practical and spiritual. Right? They're practical and spiritual. And one of the things that we like to say in the vineyard is that they're 
naturally supernatural, therefore we are naturally supernatural because we were created this way. So when we operate in our gifts, we're operating in the fullness of who we were created to be. We're going to turn to Paul. This is a guy who was charged with clearing up a lot of, a lot of stuff for us in the New Testament. And he had many gifts himself, among them wisdom, knowledge, teaching, etc. Um, but he, he starts us off in 1 Corinthians 12.1 with this idea. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, what does that mean to you? Ah, family, and what else? Everyone, it's not just men. Not just men, ladies got gifts too. You know, brothers and sisters, all of us in this space, we got, we got a gift. No one is left out. But he says, oh, I got so excited I lost my place. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Right? Don't be uninformed. So in other words, I would like to increase your knowledge so that you may have some wisdom. These are gifts that are coming. Never mind. That was a bad joke. All right. So we want to thank Paul here because most of the time we need all the help we can get. Right. And we see that as we look out across the churches in, in, in the world that many have so many varied ideas about spiritual gifts. We need help in, in really honing this stuff down if we want to get it right. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 6, says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a mouthful, and it's great that we have a Spirit, Lord, and God. That's a Trinitarian reference to the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and God the Father. So all of them are at work here. The Spirit is working, distributing gifts. Empowering us for service is the Lord's work. And the one who's always, always working is who? God the Father. He's always at work because Jesus said, I am always about the work that my Father is doing, right? So God is always at work. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 continues. Now to each one, the manifestation or the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gift of the heal gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of those tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Oh my God, that was a mouthful. <laughs> I need to catch my breath a second because I'm old. That, that was a lot, but verse, verse 7 lets us know that gifts are given to who? Every one of us, all of us. We are all recipients of the gifts. And they're given for the common good. What's the common good? The common good is all of us and the community we serve. 
So the gifts are given so that what, what did the previous thing say? So that we can encourage and build up the church, right? So we encourage and build one another up. That's common good. And miracles and, and things like that, they're, they're for the world to see that something is happening with a, with, with a God that truly is alive and exists, and it, and it glorifies God at the end. So some of these, some of these gifts are outside the church and some are fully inside the church and we get to glorify God in all of those. We all get gifts. We all get gifts. Isn't that wonderful? It is. It's wonderful. They're freely given. How amazing is that? We get free gifts. And as we look at this passage, Paul used the term spirit six times. Six times. So where do these gifts come from? Oh, my gosh. Did you read the same passage? Where do these gifts come from? The spirit. Yes. Come on. Stay with me. Stay with me. Comes from the spirit. Those are where the gifts originate. From the heart of a loving father and distributed through the spirit. And I'm glad no one said Amazon.com. Because that would have been really frustrating. <laughs> so then Paul, Paul answers uh, or lists these, these gifts. And, it, and the gifts are a message of wisdom, a message of knowledge, faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discernment, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So knowing and understanding what these gifts are and applying them to um, our life are critical for our spiritual growth. And, and the spiritual growth in the end of our church, right? And as we hone these gifts, as we work on these gifts, as we develop these gifts, it also affects the community around us because then we become a people using a lot of gifts. And then as we use those gifts, people turn to the Lord, and then they receive gifts. So it's a wonderful, wonderful picture of the loving heart of God. So we should not be afraid of seeing these in our Christian lives. If we, if we can start seeing them in our, in our Christian walk, then we'll see them in our church and they'll be displayed more, more uh, thoroughly and uniquely and, and they'll come to life here in our body as we gather together because we've all become so used to using our gifts. And then we make a fuller picture of what God intended all of us to be. So it's really, it's really critical. And as that happens, then we see God being glorified more and more and more. Which is ultimately what we're doing here, right? We're coming together to glorify God, to give him glory for all that he's done for us throughout our week. So we, we have to really be conscientious of not um, creating a vacuum in our spiritual life. When we don't use our gifts, we create a vacuum in our spiritual life. If we value one gift over others, then we create an imbalance. And we don't want to look like this guy. You know, if you, if you work that one arm at the expense of the other, you're just going to look funny, right? So that's why in the vineyard we believe all these gifts are active, all these gifts are good, and all these gifts are necessary. All of them. Equal. We need them all to have a balance. You can take that off. 
I don't know who took that picture of me, but I'm getting tired of that. But, and I really wish this could have been a series because this is a lot. But, you know, I think Pastor Beth only wants me to have the microphone so many times a year. So, so what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a very truncated version of the School of Kingdom Ministry. Vineyard runs a very intense nine-month school year-long uh, School of Kingdom Ministry, which teaches us all about the spiritual life. I'm going to try to do it in one day. Uh, how much time I got left? Yeah, about 15 more minutes. But essentially, this is where we receive spiritual insight or an understanding or a solution for a given subject or situation. Now, this word of wisdom often unlocks a direction or a path or a solution for a person in order to pursue the direction the Lord would have them go. All right, so I'm going to move on to a message of knowledge, and we'll, we'll link the two together because there's a lot of confusion about the two. A message of knowledge or word of knowledge, is where we have received information, right? In a practical sense, we listen to good teachings, and we read in our Bibles, and we are, over time, gaining knowledge, right? But God can use that gained knowledge, and he can also highlight, highlight something new to us in order that we may partner with him in what he is doing. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was, I was teaching up here, and just out of the blue came a word about a job. Now, when a word like that is said, I have a word about a job. Well, that's a word of knowledge, right? Why? Why is it not a word of wisdom? It's information. It was just purely, at that point in time, information. But... As I was watching the video, s some more words came at the end, and it, and, and it talked about, in this job, I'm sensing that someone just needs to stand firm and wait, that God is working in it, right? So now what happened? Word of wisdom came right behind it. Now, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you just get an impression and what's good about a word of, of knowledge is that now you have a space that you can pray into and lean into, right? So, so saying something, you know, I'm sensing someone is dealing with something in a job. That's a word of knowledge that now you can press into. And someone who's, uh, who's having an issue with a job can then say, ooh, I'm having an issue with a job. Let me lean in and see what the Holy Spirit might be saying for me in that moment. Because... They don't often, you know, sometimes they can come together, but sometimes it's just one, and then sometimes it's both, and that's great. So that's why, you see, if someone else would have had another word to go along with that, if I just gave a word of knowledge, but someone had wisdom to follow up with it, see how fuller that gets now? Every, everyone's getting to play when, that, when that's going on. So if you're in a group and people are praying, you know, that's how this stuff is supposed to to work. So as you can see, these, seem, these, these might seem similar, but they're, they're different. They're very different. Um, 
one of the things, too, is like if you get a word of, you feel like you get a word of knowledge. This is where the love and grace happens when you're in a small group. If you get a word of knowledge, it, it's okay if it's, if it's off a little because people some, sometimes don't hear, hear correctly or whatever. But you can love them anyway, right? Because, okay, well, a word of knowledge, you know, okay, well, that didn't really hit, but thank you for sharing it or something, you know. Or I'll pray more into it or whatever. But a word of knowledge that kind of falls flat, that's not very harmful, right? If it's given in a heart of love and it's received in a heart of love. But a word of wisdom, on the other hand, if you have given, if you feel like you've been given direction to help someone on a path, and you give them a word of wisdom that's a little off, but they pursue it anyway, that involves, I now have taken what you said and applied it to my walk. Or, you know, if, if someone said, I, I really sense the Lord is saying you need to quit that job because it's so bad for you and it just really wears you down and, and does all these things, and you go and quit that job without having something else in line, and, and then you start on this path, well, that person's word of wisdom was very hard. You know, it would be very hard to look at that person again, wouldn't it? You set me on a path of disaster, right? So sometimes that's, that's the type of things that leave these gifts to really be like, oh, wow. But it's really important when you get any kind of prophetic word, or you get any kind of word of wisdom or anything like that that, that asks you to put some faith and, and move in a certain direction, you need to put your time into really praying and pulling people that you trust to pray with you concerning those things. Now, in the moment, they might sound good or not right, but as you lean into it, a word that didn't sound right might have extra revelation come later that that makes it more right than when the word was given, and then you can trust that God is continuing to move in that direction, right? And you can follow that path. So, you know, sometimes a word of knowledge, hmm, you know, but then weeks later, huh, that, that word is, is, is hitting a little bit, little bit more. So we have to really do our work. We don't just take these things willy-nilly, into our life and, and work, work with God, partner with God. That person, out of their heart of love, shared something they felt was for you. So we got to do some work too. So let's make sure we do that. It's, it's so important. Um, faith, a supernatural deposit which provides an opportunity for the miraculous to occur. Now, faith is a fun one because it's also a fruit of the Spirit. So they, they can get confused when you think about, about it as a, as, a, as a gift. But the gift is an additional deposit because God is getting ready to do something. And he wants us to have that extra, extra faith to be able to say to someone, get up and walk. I mean, I know that I know that God can do those things, but I don't know that I know that I know that God can do them through me. Right. So if you're going to say those words out of your mouth, you need God to pour a lot of extra faith into you to be able to say that. And then as you do, 
the, uh, the miraculous happen if that's where God is leading. So it's real, real important. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence, some translations say conviction, which I love that word, in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So the confusion tends to happen with this word, faith, is that belief is in our heads, but faith comes from our heart, right? So a lot of times we believe and know things. Knowledge gets stored up here because it's information and, and things that we've experienced. And over time, we believe these things up here. Faith is something that happens in the heart. It's, it's real important to, to realize that there's those two places. Faith is to the heart what belief is to the head. So that's why we can't drum up faith or talk ourselves into more. You know, we can't stir us up and, and stir ourselves up to have more faith. I mean, it's, we got what we got. So when we need more, we ask for more. So faith then is, I love this quote. Put that quote up. This is Putty, Putty Put, Putman who um, wrote all of the School of Kingdom Ministry. He says, faith then is both the foundation, the intervention of God is built upon, as well as the avenue for which it moves. So as we walk with the Lord and as we um, you know, see him operate in our life, our faith gets built up, and that's the foundation. But then that extra deposit is the place where God comes in and, and does work. So it's, it's really, really an awesome gift. Gifts of healing. Interestingly, in this passage... This is the only one denoted by the term gift, but it's in the plural, gifts, gifts of healing. And gifts is the word charismata. I probably butchered that, but in the Greek, it's charismata, which we get our word charismatic. The singular is charisma, which comes from charis, which is the Greek word for grace. Interesting, right? This connection is important because not every word translated as gift in the New Testament is this word. This is, as Paul often is, very intentional. It's supposed to grab our attention. Very intentional that he uses this word. Gifts flow through grace. Gifts of healing are healings that come through grace. These healings flow purely from the goodness of God as something that he loves to give to his children. Grace creates that space for healing. So to, when you operate in this gift, you're operating out of the grace of God. Very important. Next is working of miracles. Now, working of miracles is great because isn't a healing a miracle? Yeah, so here, here we go again. You know, two things that sound kind of similar and uh, so the first question coming out of the gate is aren't healings miracles and miracles healings so what is the difference between a healing and a miracle and the answer is the wording of your question because the question needs to be what is the difference between gifts of healing and the working of miracles sounds like you're just making stuff up George but working of miracles is the ability to work miracles often creative in nature as a demonstration of God's power 
and his ability to meet human needs and rule over nature, right? Jesus walked on water. It's a miracle. Can we walk on water? He says we can do the same things he does, but I don't think we've managed to do that yet. But that's a miracle. He's showing his power and his ability to meet the human need of Jesus needing to cross that lake in a supernatural way that overruled the laws of nature, right? Turning water into wine, you know, that's a miracle, not a healing. He didn't heal water and <laughs> because wine is so much better, right? No, it's, it's a miracle. So the, the thing about the question then is the English language is very restrictive, so the, the word miracle is super inclusive of so many things, and, and it encompasses a lot. So healing is a miracle, and yes, it is, but the, the question needs to be specific. And when we ask this, the question more specifically, we can get into Paul's head, and, and since he clearly delineated between the two that they were two different things, then there's a reason why he did so. And so this is really cool. The Greek words are... Energema, I probably butchered that, but um, looks like uh, energema. Operating, working, and miracles is the Greek word dunamis, power and ability. So operating, working, power and ability. So what we see Paul saying is the operating of power. So working of miracles is the operating of power. So we operate the power in partnership with God. We noted that healing flows from God's grace. Miracles are God's power in partnership with us. So one flows around us, the other moves through us. And School of Kingdom Ministry says it this way, God's grace work, excuse me, God's grace works a gift of healing, whereas the working of a miracle happens in partnership between God and us. Pretty powerful. So prophecy so prophecy is, is words spoken under inspiration from God that reveal his heart and mind for a community or a person. They encourage, strengthen, and comfort the intended audience. There are nuances to prophecy, and since Relisa just did a masterful job teaching on it, we'll just look at the scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 4. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So if you want to know more about prophecy, watch last week's message online. Uh, discernment. Now, this is ability to discern, to perceive the source of spiritual work as human, angelic, demonic, or divine. An ability to test and distinguish the origin of spiritual dynamics. Sensing something is not as it appears and being able to bring it to light. This is like very good in, in sensing the atmosphere in a, in a place, in a home, uh, in an area, and bring focus to your prayer. Um, you know, as I did missionary work, you know, we went to a lot of places and spaces where witchcraft was practiced uh, quite quite often and, and still today. So one of the things that a gift like this can really show you is is what's the atmosphere of the people here? What's the atmosphere of this space? And 
what that allows you to do is, is really kind of lean into the spirit and really uh, focus your prayer and, and your, your heart into what does God then want to do here in this place. So you can sometimes you just get a sense that something ain't right. Well, that's discernment. You know, a lot of times people talk about in the world about women's intuition. Well, what is that? But the world's way of saying you got some discernment, you know, you got some understanding. So this is this is a really powerful, powerful gift. And and I would I would say, you know, really practice using discernment and asking for that gift if you don't have it, because it's very helpful then to kind of understand what the spirit is, is doing in the space and what's the spirit of a place. You know, because you can't really do a spirit work if you don't understand what's the spirit of the place you're walking into. So it's, it's really good. Um, speaking in tongues. So this is a really maligned gift, but it's essentially inspired spoken words in a language that, uh, that that person does not naturally speak or know, used both for personal prayer and worship, and when interpreted, ministers to others. So now in... In the American church, you see some groups that really take speaking in tongues and elevate it to a level to show that you have received gifts, um, that you are walking in the Spirit, and that you've received the Holy Spirit in your life. That's, that's become a barometer. Um, but Paul really actually kind of talks contrary to that belief system, right? So this is why going to the Scriptures and really you know, grounding yourself on these gifts in the scripture is so important because when, again, going back to that picture that we showed, when you elevate one at the, at the, and forsake the others, you're, you're just building up that one side and you're really missing out on the full picture that God has. So it's real important. So this one also gets a lot of questions because in Acts, we see the apostles just start speaking and everyone around them is understanding in their own language, right? And then we have, you know, what people call a prayer language or, uh, you know, a worship language, whatever, that kind of sounds like gibberish. So what's the deal? What's the deal with speaking in tongues? You know, in my personal experience, I, you know, I, I, I do it as a prayer language, and I feel like what it does for me is it helps me focus it feels God-inspired. I don't know what I'm saying, but my spirit senses a connection, a closer connection to the Lord when I pray in that manner, right? So it doesn't necessarily sound like a language to me, but there's a connection that gets built and a focus that it allows me to make with God. So that's, that's helpful. Another thing that I've um, seen uh, through experience, was we took a team from this church. Uh, everyone spoke English, only I spoke Spanish. We did services in Managua, Nicaragua for a week, and there was a gentleman from the church here who prayed for a woman who only understood Spanish. There was no interpreters because there was many of them and just a few of us. Uh, so he didn't have the the option of having an interpreter interpret his prayer, but he prayed for this woman with the fire of God upon him. And this woman was a mess. Tears flowing, I mean, crumbled to the ground, and he kept praying. And when he was done, she got up, ran to grab me and the pastor of the church, 
and said, you got to come. you got to come. This woman was like, you got to come. you got to come. And so she grabbed us, brought us over to, to my friend, and she said, you got to tell him. I understood every word he said. She didn't stop there. She began to recount the prayer in Spanish so that we could interpret it back to my friend who by this time was also on his knees sobbing and crying, right? Yeah, so that is God being glorified, you know. So, so I, I don't know if there's an exact way that God really works this gift, but he's God, and he's glorified, and if, if his words need to be understood, there is a way that they will be understood, right? In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So, again, this is just really talking about we've got to have balance. We have to have balance in our gifts. You know, Trisha would, Trisha would say that... Uh, you know, when I speak in Spanish or pray in Spanish in front of you guys, that's, that don't count, right? That's not a gift of tongues because I know the language already. That don't count. She says it's closer when you speak in English that that's speaking in tongues. All right, somebody got it. Yeah, okay. You don't get it? Oh, that my, that my English sounds like a, like a different language to you guys. Yeah, that I'm not a good English speaker. Boom, pa. Yeah, give me that. All right. Get off the stage. Get off the stage. All right, just, just a little bit more and we're done. <sighs> so, again, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. Follow the way of love. Follow the way of love. These gifts are to be used in a heart of love because that is the way that they are given to us. By love for love, right? So follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Eagerly desire, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They, are, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. This is Paul. But I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Catch this. Unless. Unless there's interpretation. So that the church may be edified. So here we go. What is interpretation of tongues? Interpretation of tongues is inspired interpretation of a spoken tongue which reveals the meaning of what was said. Then 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 2, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So often in our charismatic church experience, we may have experienced interpretations as more feeling prophetic, right? Interpretations of some tongues, in my experience, they always have a prophetic feel to them. But God is saying that, that tongues are us speaking to God. Do we speak prophetically to God? Hmm, interesting. Do we? I, I, I hope not. We speak directly to God, usually 
seeking wisdom, seeking his knowledge, seeking his heart, right? So we don't necessarily speak to him, but Paul clearly says that, that he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but is speaking to God. So I think sometimes it gets a little messed up in our experience that it feels like the interpretation is a message from God rather than to God. So it appears that Paul's context is, is after more that the interpretation should be closer to worship than prophecy. It should be closer to prayer, not prophecy, right? And, that, and that's, what it, that's what it feels like he's saying. Exaltation and adoration versus spiritual revelation or direction. So if you get an interpretation that feels that way, you got to really test the heart of it and see, because he can do that. I mean, I'm not saying he can't, but it sounds more clearly in the scriptures that he's saying it's in this vein, that it's an exaltation or an adoration to God from us. So there you have it. This was a very full day of gifts of the spirit. And as the worship team comes back, I know I went a little crazy, but this is a lot. But I'm hoping that, that we could see these gifts and understand that God wants us to have them, right? He says, desire these. And so we desire these things today. So we want to ask, Lord God, and, and I ask all of you, just, just join us. Join us this morning in setting aside any misconceptions that we may have had about these gifts, any fears, any doubts, any misinterpretations, negative experiences we have had with the gifts. Can we join together today and ask for them, seek them? Can we make space today to allow the Holy Spirit to move, to fill us, to distribute gifts this morning as he sees fit? Allow the Holy Spirit to move Allow him to work, allow him to encourage us, to build us up. Can we desire this morning to receive and use these gifts so that we can fully glorify God in this place? So as they begin to play, let's just reset our heart as it pertains to this all-important area of our walk. Let's get quiet before the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to come peace in our soul. Help us to receive in faith. Young Christian, mature Christian, new believer, experienced believer, there is no prerequisite. The Father is good and he desires to lavish gifts I can already sense that the atmosphere in this room is just changing. Lord God, come in power. Come pour out upon your children, Father. We glorify you in this place. We worship you in this place. And we thank you for your gifts. We thank you, Lord God. We do not turn away from them. We don't run away from them. We receive them, Father, with great, great joy. Great job.